Tabernacle Presbyterian Church presents Sunday with Tab. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, located at 34th and Central in Indianapolis, welcomes you to Sunday with Tab. Today, Pastor Terry Thorne delivers the message entitled, Participating in Peace. So join us now from the sanctuary of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for Sunday with Tab. This morning we have an additional gospel reading. Um, it is actually from Luke 1, verses 46 to 55. It's known uh, by the name the Magnificat. In the Advent calendar, uh, once a year, you can replace the psalm reading with the Magnificat. And today is that Sunday, and that has, is what we've chosen to do. So hear this song of Mary. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This, too, is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for the gift of your word and for the way it comes to us uniquely every time we set ourselves into it. So we pray that during this time of worship that your spirit would be among us, opening our eyes and ears to hear and see what you are saying to us today through these texts. We ask you to open our spirit to receive it and our will to live it this and every day in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so I want to take a pulse out there this morning. How is your Christmas peace today? Are you feeling completely relaxed and ready? blissfully counting down the days until Christmas? If you're nodding yes, then you're probably those planners and online shoppers or the people who say, let's just take a trip for Christmas instead. (laughs) Those of you who are snorting or looking at your spouse and rolling your eyes are still wondering, how are you going to check off all the items on your list? The decorating and the wrapping and the baking and the family traditions and the social functions and the work functions and the work tasks and the gifts for your mail person and your delivery person and your walking buddy and your kid's teacher and still try to eat healthy and drink plenty of water and sleep well all between now and next Sunday. And while navigating the worst planned road construction projects in all time in history. Yeah. There you go. So if you're like me, you fall into that last group. But I want to tell you about a role model that I encountered who has helped me remember to find peace 
in the midst of the chaos and stress. I don't know her name, only that she was a Starbucks barista in one of the busiest Starbucks in Louisville, Kentucky, where I found myself in desperate need of coffee back in December 2017. And I can't even tell you like how long the drive-through line was, only that the line for indoor orders at the counter wound all the way through the store and out the door and still looked like the better option that day. I was desperate. And so I went in and I ordered, and as I waited for my order, I watched this barista work. And in the midst of all the orders and all the people, this woman was completely calm, and it was very clear that nothing could disturb her peace or squelch her Christmas joy. So as I reflected on how she could be so confident and cheerful, the thought occurred to me. This barista knows her purpose. And she knows her limitations. So she joyfully accepts her purpose and she refuses to be pushed beyond her limitations. She understood her job. She understood that her job and her only job that morning was to make drinks for the people in the store. She didn't have to take the orders. She didn't have to process the payments. She didn't have to stock the shelves. And she didn't have to serve the drive through She made drinks. Perfectly amazing drinks without mistakes. And because she knew her purpose and her limitations, which was mostly you can only make drinks as fast as the machine will froth the milk and squeeze the espresso beans, She did not let the pressure of the long line or the snarky attitude of the customers, not mine, or the hectic pace of the holiday rush to disturb her peace. She calmly made the drinks one after another, after another, after another, with a genuine smile and a spirit of joy. And quite frankly, her spirit was contagious for many of us in the line. Now, I know that that was a minor moment in my life. But the lesson has stuck with me and the memory has been with me for six years now. This barista captured a quote that I've carried with me for even longer. That is this. Peace does not mean to be in a place where there's no noise, trouble, or difficulties. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. Friends, peace comes when we know that our purpose and our limitations are given to us by God. Now, I don't always get this peace thing right, but I will never forget the vision of peace and calm that barista was for her customers that day. And I believe it's a vision we see in the readings today, in the people we read about. We see confidence and courage and commitment. 
We see those who know exactly what God has called them to be and do, and they also understand the real challenges that they will face as they live into that calling. calling. The prophet Mary and John the Baptist, they know their role, and they acknowledge their limitations. They know that they are in their own important lane in God's plan, and they willingly stay in it. Now, that doesn't mean that their work would be easy or that they would always stay happy and upbeat, and it doesn't mean that there wouldn't be stress or pressure or even chaos at times. It doesn't mean that they would always know what to do next, And it certainly did not mean that they wouldn't make mistakes. I mean, Mary, she was a pregnant teenager in the first century. And John spent almost all of his life in the wilderness. Those folks are going to have things that they would need to learn, just like we do. And yet, God chose them anyway. And as such, they convey confident, inexplicable peace about their work. It is a peace that's deeply rooted in their unwavering commitment to God's plan of salvation. All three, Isaiah's prophet, the Virgin Mary, and John the Baptist, All three share the same prophetic vision of God's desire for his people. It's the vision that Mary sets for us in the Magnificat that I read for you. A world-transforming, universe-shaking reversal of power that scatters the proud and lifts the lowly and fills the hungry and sends away the rich empty-handed. They also completely trust that God will bring this to fruition. In fact, Mary is so confident in God's power and might and in his faithfulness to his promises that she sings about God's transformation of the world as if it had already happened. Now, without going too deep into the weeds, suffice to say that the significance of this way of speaking is more clearly conveyed in the original Greek than it is the English. The gospel writer records Mary's words in a very specific Greek verb tense that can actually be translated as past, present, or future. Same word can be past, present, or future, depending on the context. It's also a tense that's used when the desired effect is to convey something that is absolutely no questions asked completed, as well as something that's in the process and continuing to happen kind of thing. For the record, verb tenses in Greek are the reason why I preferred Hebrew instead. (laughs) 
So what does this mean for us today? Why do we care about this tense? Well, it means this, that Mary had 100% certainty that this event, her pregnancy, was part of God's plan to redeem the world. It means that even by just the angel's announcement that she will give birth to God's son, God has done what God promised to do. To do. He sent the Messiah. And in doing so, all of God's people are redeemed. Even before the baby is actually born. It was, as we might say, as good as done. The tense also reveals Mary's conviction that God is faithful, that God is to be trusted, that God is enough. There's no, maybe God will lift up the lowly or feed the hungry. There's no, someday God is going to do this. No. Instead, she says, God has chosen me. I am blessed. This is God's plan. In this child, God's redemptive work is done as promised. You see, Mary knew the story of her people. She knew the prophecy that said the Messiah was coming and that he would be born of a virgin. She and her relatives were from a lineage of faithful, religious, remnant Jews who were vigilantly watching for the Messiah's arrival. So she was rock-solid confident that this pregnancy was part of God's plan. Then again, she also had a conversation with an angel, which would either frighten you into silence or convince you beyond doubt. But mostly, though, Mary trusted that God was greater than any fear or doubt or circumstance that she could see with her own eyes. Mary had faith. The same faith that the same God gives to us as well. Friends, Christ is God's plan for the salvation of the world. And Christ within us makes us part of that plan. So how do we participate? How do we trust? How do we have hope when we don't see evidence of this reversal that Mary sings about? Instead, we still see injustice, particularly toward the poor and the uneducated, the homeless and the lowly. We see the tears of those who've been forced to wear the label of other because of their race their politics, their religion, or their sexual orientation. We still see oppressive governments and fleeing refugees. We see violence and wars. We see hunger and disease and lack of clean water. And we still live in a society where it seems that the deepest pockets win. We still see 
The same world that Isaiah saw, that Mary saw, that John the Baptist saw, and Jesus entered. So where is this upside-down, redeemed-for-God's-purposes world that Mary celebrates? Where is it? I mean, let's face it, we want to believe it's true. We want to believe that the birth of Jesus Christ transformed the world and that God is still transforming the world, but there are dark days where it's difficult to hold on to that hope. And I think that's where Mary's pregnancy becomes such a powerful and convincing metaphor of hope to help us see this idea of God's world redeemed and whole, but not yet here and complete. I mean, let's think about what a pregnancy is. It's a time of waiting. Waiting with anticipation. But it's also a time of growing and becoming. We know that the baby exists and medical technology lets us see and hear their movements, but that baby is not here and with us until the birth, right? And that's kind of what Advent is for us each year. We, God's beloved, are pregnant with expectation for the day when Jesus is born. We're waiting. The day when God sends his Redeemer of his people to the world. And we wait for it every year leading up to Christmas. And then we celebrate it. And yet we're also still waiting for his return. For the fullness and completeness of what God started with his announcement to Mary. So in some ways, we live in a perpetual advent. God's kingdom is among us in the hearts of his people as we wait for that upside-down kingdom, or more accurately, the finally right-sided-up kingdom to be completed. Like a pregnant woman waiting for the due date, we, the world, wait in hope and expectation for the full transformation of the world. And in the same way that Jesus was planted and formed and grew inside Mary's womb, so it is with the kingdom of God. It is planted and formed and growing in the hearts of all who believe. So the radical turning that Mary joyously proclaimed, the transformation that we seek, the peaceable kingdom of God is already among us. Jesus' birth made it so. And it will be completely with us fully with us when all hearts belong to God, when all respond to Christ the way his first disciple, which was his mother Mary, did, when we are as willing as she was to go against the norm, willing to risk our personal comfort, reputation, and well-being 
when with boldness and no fear we respond as she did let it be with me according to your word with the courageous submission of a servant's heart but until that day of completion we who belong to god through christ are responsible to help the world make the turn to turn it upside down or right side it up to match god's intentions in our baptism we are claimed and called to participate in bringing god's peaceable kingdom to the world confident like mary confident like john the baptist that it is god who gives us this purpose and who also knows our limitations now the turning will never be completed by any single person movement or entity it will only be completed by the power of the holy spirit at work in the world when the Spirit of God compels every knee to bend and every head to bow. When every heart rejoices. When every soul magnifies God and only God. It will happen when the world becomes a choir boldly singing a lyric of God's abundance. And when we truly believe that God is enough. In the meantime, we confidently, confidently keep living a perpetual Advent life, waiting expectantly while relying on God's grace, Christ's love, and the Spirit's leading to empower and sustain us as we join God in the turning of his world. Now, friends, we're not Mary. We're not the ones delivering God's son to the world. We're more like John the Baptist, clearing and showing the way. But he is most certainly with us, and our lives bear witness to him. We are not giving birth ourselves to the king of the world, but we are called to help deliver his kingdom. And just as every contraction of birth, a baby comes closer and closer to the world, so it is with every choice of our heart. Every time a heart responds with mercy rather than retribution, with curiosity rather than prejudice, with openness rather than harshness, God's kingdom comes closer. And every time a heart chooses love over fear, God's kingdom comes closer. Every time a heart embraces rather than rejects, God's kingdom comes closer. Every time a heart 
encourages and empowers others, God's kingdom comes closer. Every time a heart offers grace, God's kingdom comes closer. And every time a heart experiences grace, it comes even closer still. Every time a heart is generous, kind, welcoming, and loving, God's kingdom is closer. And every time a heart humbles itself before God, fearless and willing, God's kingdom is here. This, my friends, is the hope of Advent waiting. It is the peace the world seeks. And so today, as we have lit the pink Advent candle, which is the joy candle, may it be for us an expression of the joy that comes to all who are willing to bear the light of God's kingdom despite and into the world's darkness. Let us pray. Oh God, we do give you thanks that you have a plan, that you have executed that plan in your Son, Jesus the Christ. We are in awe and amazed that you include us as part of that plan. Lord, give us our purpose, show us our limitations. And give us the courage to say yes to bearing your light into this world. Amen. You're listening to Sunday with Tab, a production of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. We hope you have found inspiration and comfort in today's program. There are many ways to enjoy today's message again. Subscribe to the Tab podcast on your favorite podcast app, or go to tabpres.org, tap on the graphic marked Sermons, and select the sermon you wish to hear. While there, you can also view the entire worship service. We invite you to join us for worship this morning at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. We're located at the corner of 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis. At 8 a.m., we have a communion service in the chapel. And at 10 o'clock, a beautiful worship service in the sanctuary. The 10 o'clock service is also live-streamed on our YouTube channel, Tab Indie. For all information on the services and streaming, go to tabprez.org. That's T-A-B-P-R-E-S dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening, and join us next week at the same time for Sunday with Tab. Hi, my name is Marcia Robinson, and I'm a member of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. TAB's beautiful building has been located at 34th and Central for over 100 years. And although the church is steeped in history, it is also dynamic and forward-looking. I love that TAB is committed to being an integral part of the neighborhood and that there are numerous opportunities to be involved in community service activities and social justice programs. For me, TAB is not only an anchor in the neighborhood and the city of Indianapolis, but it is also an anchor in my own faith journey. I'm Marsha Robinson, and I invite you to come see for yourself. 
Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis, invites you to worship Sunday morning at 8 or 10 a.m. If you can't make it in person, tune in to Sunday with Tab, Sunday mornings at 6.30 on WIBC, or find us online at tabpres.org.